Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a metal tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Happy belated anniversary, Sid. Thank you, honey. I told you yesterday happy anniversary, but I'm telling you again because this is the podcast didn't hear it. So now I want it in proof, in podcast proof. Happy nine-year anniversary, dear. Well, thank you. I mean, you, you put it on Facebook, which is like, it's real once it's on Facebook. Yeah, right? but I don't have any randos on Facebook. It's just oh. close, my 500 closest friends and family. Okay, well, that's never how I would refer to our our dear listeners. Our dear randos. Our, de- <laughs> our dearest randos. Well, thank you. That's very sweet of you to, in this public forum of a podcast, wish me happy anniversary. And I would like to extend that same happiness to you as well. How cordial. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. But I have a question for you. Tell me the question, Sid. Would you say that after nine years... Uh, that you still have like a like a burning passion for me. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. I I love you just as much as I did the day I met you. I mean that the, that the that the flames of our love still burn as brightly as they did yeah. nine years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I, but do you think you still have a burning? Okay, what are you doing? Desire? What are you doing? What are you doing? a burn thing it's gonna our show's about burns it's gonna i don't know it's we not, already did sunburn last week and now it's just burns i got nothing okay well do you have information about burns yeah i mean i got lots of information well, about burns just i just do don't that. have any clever intro that about seems burns. better let's just do that then well okay we're gonna talk about burns i want to thank a couple people who subject who suggested this topic trisha jimmy carson laura thank you all very much we already talked about sunburns but why don't we talk about all burns yes yes let's include our let's uh increase our scope yes uh so first of all before we get into the history of burn treatment because there's some pretty interesting and crazy and stupid stuff we've done with burns through the years uh i want to tell you a little bit about skin okay and burn skin tell me about burn skin so first of all who's hungry i think (laughs) yeah i think everybody knows this that it's the that our skin is our largest organ right i think that's like everybody's favorite piece of trivia Mm -hmm. because it sounds like it's not but it is yeah um and its primary uh function is to protect us our strongest muscle is the tongue is that true too heard about that i don't believe that that's true okay i'll 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 do some research later. Although I don't remember a time in medical school where they like ranked all of our muscles. Muscles by strongest? In order of strongest to weakest. You would think that would be a class. And 
No. To get the full scope I, of understanding of the human body. I do remember. I <laughs> to do get remember. the power <laughs> rankings for individual <laughs> muscles. I do remember them saying that the psoas muscle in our body is sort of like the um, the filet mignon, like the most like the most tender muscle in our body. The most delicious cut. Yeah, I remember them telling us that in anatomy class and going like, "Oh, why? Oh, why do I know? Why?" Did you look around the class at that moment and just look for the one guy who's like, "Mm, "Go on." (laughs) (laughs) That's that's why they tell you that is for the one guy who has that look on his face. They're like security. (laughs) We got him. (laughs) They remove him from medical school. There's always one. There's you didn't know that in every medical school class. There's one cannibal that we we have to find. Why don't we hear more about cannibal doctors? There's your answer. Our medical system is working to weed them out (laughs) instead of. Waldo, find the cannibal. Find the cannibal. Get him out of medical school. <laughs> so, <laughs> skin uh, pr- mainly protects us from the elements, from, you know, bugs and dirt and water and all that. It also does some other stuff. It regulates our temperature, makes vitamin D. Um, and there are three layers to your skin. You may know this. Yep. There's the epidermis, the dermis, and then there's like the hypodermis, all the stuff underneath. Yep. You're getting deeper. And when we talk about burns, what we're really talking about is the the depth of the burn. Like the extent the extent of the burn is rated by the depth. And then there's other classifications based on like what caused it and how much of your body is covered by the burn. Okay. Um, but when you think about first degree, second degree, third degree, we're really talking about how deep. So a first degree burn is like a sunburn. It's the epidermis, Got the it. top layer of skin. A second degree burn involves some of the dermis or all of the dermis. The okay. next, the next deepest layer, and a third degree burn it is one that extends below the dermis into the connective tissue or the muscle or the bone or whatever. And obviously, they get worse as you go. Right. Um, we also, I think this is an interesting little little thing for everybody to know when we're talking about how much of a person is burned, because um, the total body surface area of a burn helps us determine like how sick they're going to get, and and also helps to calculate their their chances of surviving a burn. We use something called the rule of nines, and it's basically like dividing your body into 9% of, like, each each section is like 9% of your total body, body surface area. So, like, the front of your right leg is 9%, and the back of your right leg is 9%, and the front of your torso is divided into two 9% sections, and the back is two 9%. Anyway, um, so it's all divided into these 9%, and then you can just look at what's burned and then multiply mm-hmm. your nines by that and figure it out and then there's also the palms and the perineum which is another one percent perineum the area between your front butt and your back butt oh you mean the taint <laughs> you can't say that it's not a curse word it's, it's medical name it's the area between whatever's up front and whatever's in the back got it that area got it so the perineum so that part a rebranding <laughs> a convenient rebranding from sydney mackerel who refuses to use the clinical Medical term, taint. No, it's parenting. Well, agreed to disagree, Doc. I'm impressed because I thought when I brought up the fact that when we talk about like the perineum and the genitalia in general, that that's only 1%, I thought you would ha- be forced to make a joke here. No. But no, you're leaving it alone. That's low-hanging fruit. I'll leave that for those okay. common medical history <laughs> podcasts. This is an erudite medical history podcast for a discerning listener who isn't afraid to hear the word taint three times in a minute. Moving on. Uh, burns obviously are a problem because, it, you know, burnt tissue is destroyed, whether it's tissue, nerves, 
capillary beds, you know, teeny little blood vessels. Uh, that's all part of the problem. But there's a lot else that goes into burns that we learned over time. Um, you lose a lot of fluid, uh, mainly because you're losing your losing you know skin layers. Mm-hmm. Um, dehydration is a big problem. Infection, obviously, because you've lost what protects you against infection. Inflammation and organ damage. Um, the biggest problem historically has been infection and actually there's a long time in human history where if you had a burn the last thing you would do is go to the hospital because of the why because hospitals were known to be places where people got infections like before we knew how germ theory worked or after that yeah well that's pretty incredible we didn't know how germ theory worked we didn't really know what an infection was we just knew that a hospital was a place you got sicker and probably died so stay away you know what it's funny even though even though like even if we didn't understand germ theory i would think that like you would be able to put together like the hospital that's where a bunch of sick people are right well they knew that um but they didn't, I mean, but you really wouldn't have understood that because they didn't know that, like, Contagion. dirty hands yeah, right, right, was, right. was largely the problem. Yeah. So they just knew that, you know, our cousin got burnt and went to the hospital and they died. So when I get, you know, not when my brother that. gets burnt, he's not going, that kind of thing. Um, historically and now, burns are really managed by surgeons. I don't think most people know that. Just because there's not a lot else you can do for them? Like, there's not a pill you can take? Well, there's not a pill you can take. I mean, other than like pain control. But sure. um, there are some other things you can do other than surgery. But yeah, uh, one of the most important initial, and we'll kind of talk about this, treatments for burns often is surgery, depending on the depth and the extent of the burn. Um, but most of the time is surgery. And so uh, a lot of the time, and certainly now, if you, go to a, if you go to the hospital with a burn or you go to a burn unit, it's all managed by surgeons. Mm-hmm. I don't think most people knew that. But as far back as the Ebers papyrus, we have been talking about burns and what we need to do about them. Um, in in that document in particular, what they recommend is a five... So let's say you got a burn. Okay. You're in ancient Egypt. Okay. They're going to prescribe you a five-day treatment of a couple different things. Some black mud to coat all over you. Some incantations. Sure. And then a mixture of some cow dung, beeswax, barley porridge, and ram's horn covered with a dressing made out of the acacia tree with some red ochre and copper. Oh, well, that seems very, very bad and dangerous and harmful. It's interesting because I don't know. Yeah, that that's really bad. That's um, the worst. The beeswax probably wasn't a terrible idea to try to like <laughs> seal yeah, off. Yeah, but like. But the, the cow dung. It only takes think, one fly to spoil the soup. Like it only takes like a teaspoon of cow dung to ruin your beeswax. I think when we're talking about infection. Yeah. Yeah. So that probably, I don't know what the success rate from this treatment was, but I'm going to guess it was not. Right. Successful. No, I would no. think not. Uh, you, they also mentioned you could try um, uh, breast milk. Okay. So you're in luck sure. if you have a burn, except no, no, you're not. Why not? Because only from moms of male babies. Oh, well, that makes sense. Of course. I mean, naturally. So my breast milk is useless. Useless to me. So don't don't even try to squirt my breast milk on your wound, on your burn. I was about to, so I'm glad you stopped me. Uh, Hippocrates weighed in on burns later. His advice was to get some melted pig skin. And uh, you mean pork rinds? <laughs> I don't think they're melted. If you're... If you're pork rinds are melted you're doing them wrong yeah they've gotten stale um and mix it with asphalt and you've got yourself a burn treatment do you 
No. No. Uh, remember Paracelsus? We uh, talked about him. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, he weighed in on this as well. He had a, a whole salve that he created, which I think sounds like, like as I wrote, as I was writing this down, like Paracelsus recipe for burns, this sounds like something you would order at like, I don't know, like some kind of like hipstery restaurant. <laughs> and what is, what are the ingredients? Um, I'll have the salve made of hog and bear fat soaked in red wine with a side of the roasted earthworms and some moss from the skull of a dead man. Okay, see, I think the last thing there, <laughs> I think the last thing, the analogy sort of falls apart. I've, n- uh, like... Are that, those are those free-range earthworms? That's a crazy, that's a crazy thing to put in your ingredient list of, like, here's what would help. Like, I've never seen that in my life. Was this a locally sourced dead man? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> no, I've never either. I don't know. I don't even like, know how you come up with that. That's like a great thing if you're trying to like fake people out. Like, well, you know what would work? This and this and this and then a bunch of ground up Fabergé eggs. <laughs> it's like, well, I can't get those. Well, yeah, but like if you could, woof, that would be really helpful to you. I don't know if this is like, sometimes you read things like this and you think it's just the greatest joke somebody ever made. Sure, yeah. Because it's going to echo throughout history and it's nonsense. For, um, for two millennia, medicine has basically been an extended hazing. It's, human- <laughs> it's, it's humanity's hazing. It, I try not to now. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's the best that. I got. Yeah. Um, after we made gunpowder, burns and of course wounds in general became much more complicated. Um, in the 15th century, that's when we see the, like, that's when we first start classifying burns. The first or third degree is, is made by uh, Wilhelm Fabry, who was also known as Fabricius Hildanus, which, if that's your name, why are you going by Wilhelm Fabry? I don't know. I, I You would refer to me only as Fabricius Hildanus. <laughs> I mean, if that was me, Is it personally. because ha- anus is in the second name? Is that, you think he got tired of the schoolyard ribbing? Well, I don't know, because it could be Hildanus or Hildanus, and I'm pretty... Hey, hold anus. <laughs> hey, hold anus, right? I don't know. He was German. I think they were too sophisticated to make those kinds of jokes. Let's hope. And also, that would be English, so... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, I mean, you, but you heard the accent. I could tell you... So that was that, was that a German accent? Moving on. <laughs> um, in the medieval period, we actually had some advances made with... Uh, if you can believe it, with burn treatment from a French barber surgeon um, who we've kind of talked about a little bit before, Ambrose Perret, who was, he's one, he considered one of the fathers of modern surgery in general, and he cared for a lot of uh, war-related wounds and burns and that kind of thing. And at the time, the predominant treatment for a burn was to cover it in boiling hot oil. Um... Let me let me say that again. If Just you came in time. with a burn, mm-hmm. your doctor in medieval period would cover it in burning hot oil. Oh, that makes perfect sense though. That's that's like attracts like. Law of attraction is the secret. I actually I actually think it was like the remember we've talked about this, like same the cures, law of similars. Yeah, and law of similar, same cures, Doctrine same. of signatures and yeah, that kind of thing. I, I think it was based on that and also the idea that you could purify the wound somehow that way, which I mean you, I mean, you'll kill bacteria. Sure, right. I mean, yes. And everything but you're, else. You're basically just starting it over at at square one. It's basically like rebreaking the arm because it didn't set right. Exactly, exactly. And he he saw Pere saw that people did not do well with this treatment, mm-hmm. and so he kind of thought it was a bad idea. So he was revolutionary in that when you came in with a burn, he did not burn you further. 
Instead, he tried like emollients, which are like moisturizing, soothing kind of salves and, and lotions and bandages, which does not sound groundbreaking, but was at the time. <laughs> yeah. And people did better. Um, as And people, we continue to get better about like not treating burns with burns. Um, and by the 19th century, we we're actually doing some experiments to try to figure out what the best what the best treatment for burns was. Dr. Jacob Bigelow, who conducted a lot of uh, rabbit experiments. Mm, okay. So, um, I don't know. You may not want to listen if you like rabbits a lot. Yeah, if you're like a big animal lover, maybe just skip Not that we're not. No, we're not. We're just like, we got to look this dead in the eye, right? Yeah, I and mean, we just got to talk about skip it. Skip ahead like 30 seconds. Yeah. Go. So he, so he basically burned rabbits. Um, not to get graphic, but uh, and then he would treat them with different things. He would either like dunk them in ice water or put turpentine on it. Um, and he uh, published these findings in the very first issue of the New England Journal of Medicine, which I think is pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, collect, like, real collector's yes, item. A burning rabbit experiment. Um, uh, around the same time, so that's it about rabbits. We'll you nailed that. 30 anyway. seconds. Good job. Around the same time. I zoned out too, so. <laughs> Dr. Loray, who was a surgeon, a very fancy surgeon to a lot of Napoleon's officers, uh, was advising honey and wax for the treatment of burns, which isn't terrible. Mm -hmm. Not a terrible one. And then Dr. Dupatrin, of course, you know of the contracture fame. Oh, sure. Everybody knows don't, Dupatrin's contracture. Dupatrin's contracture, yeah. We've talked about this before. That's no. one of my favorite. Of contracture fame is one of my favorite things to say. Yeah. But he expanded on this by saying maybe you should debride the area, meaning kind of clean out the dead tissue. Mm -hmm. Again, revolutionary idea, good idea, and some silver nitrate, which is still a good idea. Um, but however we were treating the burns, infection was still a huge problem. And of course, as we go into like the Civil War era, uh, the best thing we knew to do was just amputate the limb that was burnt. So, you know, because we knew that in, we knew people were going to die of infection. We knew right. it like, oh, my gosh, you've got a hole in you. We don't really understand what exactly is going to happen, but it's going to be bad. So let's cut off your leg or your arm or whatever. Um, Doesn't that just make another hole? It's like a bigger hole. Yes. Which is why a, a lot of people died of infection. In got it. War, unfortunately. Got it. Um, we tried other ways to avoid infection. There was a solution that we used. um of cocaine, carbolic acid, linseed oil, and lime water that you would then put like a rubber dressing over to like seal it. Sounds like halfway to a nice, pretty nice cocktail. <laughs> uh, you don't want to put carbolic acid in What's your... lime water? Uh, I, I'm thinking, it, from what I read, the recipe was spelled lime like an actual, like the citrus fruit, like a mm -hmm. lime. But I'm wondering if they mean lime like, um, you know. The limestone. Limestone mm -hmm. water. Um. And then you could also use picric acid, but uh, both that and carbolic acid are highly toxic and would be very damaging, and you do not want to use them on your skin ever. Although they probably did kill bacteria. Hey. Again, they would kill everything else. Got it. What's next? What what what, what about, obviously, the next would be, I guess, like World War One. Well, before we talk about World War I, uh, let's head down to the billing department. Let's go. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals 
right to your door and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high quality chef crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. World War One. All right. In World War One, Franz um, Ferdinand and the, has been assassinated. That's hey, great. The scene had, the by, the, by the black Archduke Franz Ferdinand has been assassinated yeah. by the Black Hand. I've set the scene. Sydney powder keg of the Balkans. Powder keg. I, I'm burnt. I'm burnt by the powder keg of the Balkans. <laughs> Sydney. What am I gonna do about it? Oh, it's. I know it seems weird that we're kind of going through history by wars, but um, a lot but of think about it. <laughs> Like, it um, makes perfect sense. Well, it does make perfect sense. It's either that or we go through by, like, kitchen fires. Like, <laughs> here's a history of grease fires. Well, and it really is a lot of the advances we've made on burns throughout history have been thanks to the military um, and research that's been done there. War. Um, Helping people out <laughs> since time immemorial. I don't know that that's a great tagline for Helping war. Helping Rep Butler and burn victims. Causing, causing problems and then solving them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So during World War One, we developed uh, something called Number Seven Paraffin, uh, which was basically just wax and some paraffin and some oil. But I wanted to mention it because 
it's called Number Seven Paraffin, which sounded to me like something from like a dystopian future book. It's like, a cool name. Yeah, I liked that a lot. And then also you have to apply it with a camel hair brush. No, thank you. So hugely unpleasant to your burn. Ugh. Um, so I just thought that that was kind of cool. You do start to see some like antiseptic technique used in World War One. Of course, we don't have antibiotics yet, but we are understanding like keep things clean, you know, wash your hands. That kind of thing is starting to mm-hmm. to catch on. <laughs> Washing your hands. Um, they still used cold water immersion at this point. So as soon as you'd get burned, they would just like dunk it in really cold water as soon mm-hmm. as possible, which isn't really a great idea um and as well as tanning not tanning like sun no, tanning tanning like hide like apply tannic acid to it <laughs> yes um the idea was that this would somehow seal the wound uh, and this this continued for a while the idea of tanning a wound um this was replaced later by gentian violet because it would also kind of seal the wound but and then the idea was that it would also kill bacteria because it does yeah. uh, kills like some gram positive bacteria and doesn't upholster you at the same time which is great <laughs> they both do are going to color your skin though perfect which is interesting yeah. so i mean you'd have a burn that if it healed i guess you'd always have like a brown spot or what, like brownish yellow or gentian violet i think does would probably dye you purple i don't think that'd be permanent though the okay. tanning would though um uh, man this this episode's rough on animals i'm gonna have to any if you're okay if the if you didn't listen to the rabbit part there's gonna be a dog part so just don't listen to this for 30 seconds starting now Okay, so we understood at this point that fluid loss is a big issue in burns, like dehydration, losing a bunch of fluid. So a doctor named Alfred Blaylock, to prove this, did some experiments where he burned half of a dog, like multiple dogs, just burned them on one side, and then he cut them in half and then weighed them to prove that the half that was burnt laid less, weighed less than the half that Hachi wasn't. Machi. To prove fluid loss. That's terrible that's real that sucks but that's okay. how we prove that okay great moving on thanks for okay. enlightening me our 30 yeah you I didn't know. miss anything welcome back all right we're up 30 seconds are up okay <laughs> then i'll talk about new things let's move on from that pretend it never happened during world war ii antibiotics came around yay yay, yay. everybody cheer for antibiotics Hooray. and this made things a lot better for burn patients um because then we could treat infection but the dressing issue was still weird we were still doing things like like tanning burns so we still didn't quite understand what to do the big turning point uh for burns is actually the coconut grove fire in boston in november of 1942 i know that's never heard of that i know i hadn't either until i read about this so uh there is a nightclub there was a nightclub called the coconut grove in boston and it was a very popular nightclub in november of 1942 a lot of civilians went there as well as soldiers who were on leave and we're talking about around like thanksgiving time there was a lot of people in a lot of family the place was packed it was decorated with lots of paper decorations all over the place. And all it took was, uh, I believe there was one one waiter who was lighting like a candle or a lantern or something. And a match caught one of the paper decorations. And the whole place went up very quickly. Um, the nightclub was packed. So 300 people actually died on the scene. Ugh. A total at the end was around 500 oh uh, people lost their lives in this terrible, terrible fire. Uh, doctors were called in from all over the city to help care for the burn patients. Um, and so nobody really knew exactly what to do for these burns. You know, we were still kind of just all doing different weird things. And there were actually some younger doctors who it's had been... As late as 1942. Yeah. 
It's wild. Who were who were trying some things with like some greasier like salves, like petroleum jelly based salves. Um, and so some of these, like they kind of actually compared. They would try some of the older methods and some of the newer methods because they didn't know what was better and see how what patients did better. And so we learned a lot from this, uh, how to dress wounds and what to use on them. We learned about smoke inhalation injury, a great deal from this. Smoke detectors are probably in part due to this fire. Uh, we learned a lot about fluid loss again from this um, and how to replace fluids and how to keep people from getting dehydrated. Um, so although it was a terrible, terrible thing, uh, we did we did learn a lot. We, we made the best of a bad situation by, by learning a lot about burn treatment and burn therapy and how to take better care of unfortunate victims of these these awful kinds of disasters. Um, there was also a lot of research done in the wake of World War II, especially in the UK. I just thought this was really interesting. There was something called the Guinea Pig Club. What was that? Uh, it was a club that was formed. There were some like Royal Air Force survivors like who had had burns and, and wounds and stuff. Um, and then there were other civilians who were cared for for burns. And they basically all joined this club where they were kept track of, where they were monitored by, you know, doctors in the city and like, uh, their burns were cared for and they tried different things to help them and they just kept track and they were called the guinea pig club because they were guinea pigs oh, we yeah. didn't i mean you get it you didn't yeah. we didn't i'm with you we we're experimenting on them hmm. um but that club persisted their magazine was published until 2003 mm -hmm. i think that's fascinating by the end i was just reading it for the articles though there wasn't a lot to, to talk about <laughs> well we fixed burns well we did yeah we're still learning about burns um i thought though before i tell you some real some real burn so I'll give you a little bit of info on how we really treat burns now um as i was as i was looking for weird burn cures from history i found this um internet cure okay for burns got it uh so one thing that was recommended was potato peels mm -hmm. that the and this isn't an old thing this is something that people like right now are telling you to do okay um so if you have a first or second degree burn what they recommend is that you just get a potato, peel it, mm -hmm. sterilize the peel. I, I don't boiling water. I, I guess, guess boil it. Boil to it. Just say sterilize it. They just say make sure it's sterile. Don't try to fry it because that'll be delicious. <laughs> then you're just gonna want to eat it. You're just gonna want to eat it. So sterilize the oh, peel. Man, I eat my treatment. Um, then you're gonna dip your burn in icy water. Nope, okay. Nope. And then put the peel on it, and then you're fine. That may work. Well, Maybe. I mean, if you have a first degree burn, I guess go for it. If you have a second degree burn, I'd go get it checked out. That's what I would do. If you have a first degree burn and you're not sure, go get that checked out too. Yeah, because what do you know like, from first I mean, degree, if, second degree? If you got a sunburn, you're probably cool. But but this is what I think is great. So they say like for a first or second degree burn, our potatoes are excellent. Just get the peel, sterilize it, put it on your burn. No problem. Got Forget it. those doctors. But for a third degree burn, they're a little more careful with their instructions. Okay. So this is the order. This is the actual order that I found for if you want to use a potato peel to treat your third degree burn, here is here is your here are your instructions. Step number one, call 911. Okay. Step number two, move the burn victim away from heat and smoke. Got it. Done. Step number three, leave the burned clothes on them. Don't try to remove them. Is that good? Yes. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So far we're okay. All these right. are good. These are good advice. Good. Uh, number four, don't immerse the burn in cold water. All right. Okay. Good. Don't. Number five, start CPR if needed. Okay. Number four wasn't really a step. 
Um, or no. Nor was number three, really, if you think about it. Just some do's and don'ts. Yeah. Well, just things that you might flutter through your mind right. in this, in this awful situation. Get these clothes off. Uh, so you've started CPR if needed. Mm-hmm. That's done. So you're done with CPR. I'm assuming they're still breathing. Got it. Number six, elevate the burned part above the heart. Good. Okay. Okay. Excellent. And then number seven, get a potato, <laughs> peel the potato, <laughs> sterilize the potato peel. And then place it loosely on the burned skin. Just lightly on there. And then number eight, get a tetanus shot. Great. Excellent. So can you imagine that scenario? No, I can't. I've Actually, I can because I just visualized it very clearly. You were, you were very detailed and I imagined that exact scenario. Did they teach you that in, in basic lifesaving? Like you finish CPR, you roll the victim on their side into the rescue position. Get the burn get the potato. And then you run upstairs and grab a potato. Are you cool here? Because I need to go to the store. I gotta go get a potato. I gotta peel it, sterilize it, put it on your skin, and then go get a tetanus shot. I have some Lorida crinkle cuts. I'm gonna try it. I don't know. How about just move the? Just call nine one one. Okay. Um. Also, at McDonald's, if you work there, there was a, a an article recently. They might tell you to use butter, ketchup, or mustard, and no, don't go to the hospital, so we can keep you working. That was a recent issue. Cool. That's not great. And they were telling their employees to do that. Don't now, do that. Go to I, the hospital. Can I ask you real quick, like what? What should we do? Like, like if it's not a terrible burn, like first aid for burn, like what should you do? You well, said no cold water, not cold water. No, no, just keep the burn. I mean, well, I mean, no, you don't need to dunk. You don't need to dunk it in icy cold water. Okay, no, don't do that. And certainly, if you're not sure of the depth of the burn, go get it checked out. If this, here's what I would say: if you got a sunburn and you're just red and you hurt, you know, treat it like you. Like you, just we, do, we covered that. Let's yeah, we traded it. Um, if you're not sure if it's deeper than that or if it hurts more than a normal burn, just go get it checked out. Go to the doctor. Okay. No, don't stay at home and try to do weird things from the internet. Okay. You go get it. it checked out. The worst case scenario is they tell you to take some ibuprofen and put some aloe on it, and it's no big deal. Great. Um, and certainly if you're burned by anything other than the sun, because who knows, you know, because yeah. those burns can go deeper than you know. Um, so go get them checked out. Don't do anything else. Um, if you do have a second or third degree burn and you go to the hospital and you have to be admitted and cared for, we do have burn units now mm-hmm. where we know how to care for burns very well. Um, like I said, initial surgery can be really important. So like excision of the burn tissue and grafting. So skin grafts um, are critical to burn management nowadays. Fluids, nutrition, it prevent infection, treat infection when it occurs, physical therapy. So you don't get like stiff scar tissue, you know, mm-hmm. forming and stuff. Uh, we use like petroleum gauzes. We still use silver nitrate and then and then antibiotic ointments. Um, I think it's interesting that they'll take now, they can take skin grafts from your own skin. Did mm-hmm. you know they did that? I did know that. They can take it from like your thigh and then they mesh it. Meaning? They put it through this thing. to It's like making slits in the piece of skin, but they can also, a machine can do it and it'll make it look like a piece of mesh. So it stretches further. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> I know it's kind of gross. <laughs> but it stretches further over the burn. This has been quite the episode. Sorry. Thank but, you. But it covers more. That's so cool. It covers more surface area. They taught me that once at COSI. COSI Mobile, like when they came to our school. That is cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, and we're working on growing skin in Petri dishes. Well, I'm not. I'm not working on that. But somebody is to replace it for Somewhere. burns. So, yeah, don't, don't, if you have a second or third degree burn, go, just go see a doctor. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our show. Sorry about the parts that you might have had to skip. <laughs> it was surprisingly pretty upsetting. Sorry. Uh, wow, you just put a grape in. You couldn't, even, we we're 30 seconds from the home stretch. Tell me. Uh, I'm really hungry. <laughs> Thanks to MaximumFun.org. It's a great network of podcasts. Uh, uh, I want to. Spe- here's my special recommendation. 
a couple weeks ago, we hung out with our, our I will say, friend, John Hodgman, our buddy, John Hodgman. I think he's our, our pal. I think he's our pal. And let, if he doesn't listen to this episode, as far as you guys know, he's our friend. He's our friend. So he's our good friend. He's got Dear a show friend. on Max Fun called Judge John Hodgman, where he uh, passes judgment on uh, decisions of everyday life. It is hosted by bailiff Jesse Thorne, uh, who runs Maximum Fun. And it's a great show. It's really funny. And uh, he's a great guy. So go listen to Judge John Hodgman. That's my Max Fun recommendation of the week. And I agree. So all right, now you can trust it. Uh, if you get a second as an anniversary gift to us, will you go rate and subscribe to our show on iTunes and tell everybody you know to do the same? I it's, mean, only if you were going to rate it good. Like, like what kind of anniversary present is it yeah, if it's bad? bad. Yeah, that would be understand terrible. that, really. But if you could do that, maybe share the show with a friend. Say, like, just like... My my dear friends, Justin and Sydney, who are not randos to me, we're all friends. I'm sorry I said randos. We're friends now that I'm asking you for something. Uh, <laughs> please go. Just tell everybody you know to listen. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much to you for listening. Thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use your song, Medicines, as our intro and outro. And uh, thanks again to you. Uh, until next Wednesday. I know it's Thursday, but, you know, life. Life finds We'll be better, I promise. We'll be better. Uh, until next Wednesday, uh, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. Always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.